0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Knit a Spell.
1: Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe.
0: And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine.
1: Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting
0: and the craft. You know, everyone around the world is celebrating at this time of year kind of a similar holiday to all souls day or all saints day in the united Mm. states what are we doing katie on october
1: 31st halloween trick or treat are you going for the
0: tricks or the treats
1: uh i always go for the treats obviously
0: (laughs) yeah me too although some people go for the tricks right that's true we've we've had people try to steal our big plastic jack-o'-lantern
1: oh yes
0: but he's plugged in inside so it's been foiled several times by teenagers laughing and my husband being like got you he thinks it's pretty funny when they try to steal it so
1: i mean i'm i'm up for busting kids too so i'm into that (laughs) especially if they run away laughing and Yes, yes, exactly. So, yes, uh, Halloween, it's the, uh, our version is like the soulless, spiritualist version of, you know, the worldwide part that people take more seriously. (laughs) I mean, people are always
0: looking at me when they're like, oh, you want to come to a Halloween party on October 31st? And I'm like,
1: Mm.
0: I'm pretty much universally always busy on October 31st. Oh,
1: yes, because you have a visitor that comes around that time. Sam, Sam Hain, right?
0: (sighs) Oh. Uh, ooh,
1: <laughs> Did I say something wrong?
0: <laughs> um, it was just the pronunciation. <laughs> Who is Samuel Hain?
1: I need right? to know.
0: <laughs> so you probably have seen that word Sam Hain or uh-huh. S-A-M-H-A-I-N, right? Yes. And uh, you know how Celtic words are spelled and then pronounced in a totally different way than how they're spelled Uh, well this is an example of a celtic word that's pronounced samhain oh (laughs) oh you wouldn't know that from how it's spelled right worse (sighs) than english we have we we go all out about english and how english is like you know spelled
1: yeah
0: yeah but like gaelic
1: even worse. Yes, right? and the next level.
0: <laughs> the next level of like, here we have this word that looks like Sam Samhain, but is pronounced Samhain, of course. Right? Obviously, yes. Obviously.
1: <laughs> it's so one of those for, things you can always clock newbies on, right?
0: <laughs> totally. My hairstylist, so I was getting my hair cut the other day, and he was like, oh, tell, you know, wishing you and the boys a great Sam Samhain. And I was like, eat cringe. I was like, oh, well, thank you you mean uh. Salwyn? he's like oh sorry right. <laughs>
1: <He's> <laughs> we can't trying. get too judgy
0: That's yeah right. I mean <laughs> I could have been real like gatekeepy uh, like judgy but I was like right. oh that was sweet
1: yeah. I mean i, and I be impressed he even knew what it was right
0: <laughs> right I was always I always thought it would be cute to have a t-shirt that says who was Samuel Hayne I always thought that was funny
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe next year, guys, you can get it from Nittisbell. <laughs> Who is <laughs> Sam Hayne? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> oh my
0: yeah. God. So in our tradition, we celebrate Samhain mm-hmm. um, on the 31st of October as a way to um, imagine like this is halfway between the and this is for us. So this is in neo-pagan tradition. This is um, you know, modern witchcraft, which is, um, we're going to talk about some of the other traditions. But as we celebrate it now, this is um, halfway between the uh, fall, um, the autumn equinox, and the winter solstice, right? Mm. So we're halfway in between. And so there are all these halfway marks. So the eight the 8 quarters, you could divide the, the year up into eight and so you have the the equinoxes and solstices kind of divide the year up into four right mm. and then halfway in between and these are these are all uh, holidays that you know right yes. halfway between the equinox the autumn equinox and the winter solstice is halloween we call it samhain right mm. halfway between all, all of them except for one most people don't really know but there are references to these groundhog's day is Mm. one of them that people know right Right. this is will there be more winter right that is also known as candle mass which is when the catholic church would bless all the candles right Mm. um so this is in bulk which is the use first milk right and that's in the spring the first church of spring so we have all these halfway between May Day is another one may 1st halfway between summer and fall equinox right so that's right so we have all of these halfway in between marks of these you know Uh, holidays and so this one is one of them which is Halloween or Samhain Mm. right so we often will do some things that you're gonna that are gonna sound familiar so our celebration is we gather and we um, some of the things that are common are divination Mm. to really listen because it's a time of year when It's thought that the veils are thin, if you will, or that the ability to communicate with the spirit world is easier. Mm. Um, Traditionally, this is a time of the blood harvest. This is the third harvest. We've had the grain harvest and then we had the fruit harvest and now we have the blood harvest. And so in, Northern latitudes in Europe, this is winter's coming and this is the time when you call the herd salt the salt the meat and get ready for mm. a long winter. And this is the time when the the herd the animals that wouldn't make it through the winter you would harvest and you would you know slaughter and and so the blood harvest is this time right And so there's this sadness but also this understanding of, of the you know uh, butchering the animals right? And you would also think about your beloved dead and the people that are no longer here and that you've lost in the past year, mm. especially the people you've lost in the past year. You'd light a candle for them, perhaps. You've, you would hold a silent supper and uh, eat food silently and put food on a plate in honor at an empty table setting for that per- for that person or those people. So you would set a table, For your beloved dead, put tokens of food there for them, and eat in silence. Because the idea is they can no longer feel the food, but they can experience the food through your through you through your experience. Mm -hmm. I am eating this food and savoring this food and enjoying this delicious food, and my enjoyment of this food I'm offering to my ancestors. Mm -hmm. It is such a moving and beautiful experience. It's so fantastic to do. so we do things like that. And that's called a dumb supper or a silent supper. Um, so we do those things. It's really meaningful. We often light candles. And in a, in a totally darkened room, we will often have something where we light a single flame and then pass the flame around and watch the room light up. Um, you know, Or have a single flame and meditate on it as a way to light the way for the beloved dead. So there's all kinds of things we, people can do or that we have done in the past for this uh, really sacred time. Mm, and, wow. you know, a lot of times we do that. And then we try to do it either before or after the kids come trick-or-treating, right? And so, or yeah. while the kids are trick-or-treating, or we set a basket out for candy and then the basket's usually empty after. So we know we at least got one trick-or-treater.
1: <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> one very industrious trick-or-treater. Yep.
0: <laughs> so that's what we do.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's very interesting. When we first decided to do this episode, um, I you had made the very great suggestion of saying, well, you know, these are things that we do and obviously are, you know, perhaps a little bit more well known in like the magical world. Um, But we should also explore other people's sort of similar celebrations around this time as well you know, all over the world. And what I was surprised by most before we jump into some of the uh, details is that it it just seems like no matter where you go in the world, there is this something similar that's being celebrated, something where it's just known that this veil is this way, um, except for here where we choose to ignore it. So um, there's that. But in places like um, Mexico, obviously, that'd probably be, you know, the the next m- maybe major holiday people might think of, uh, Dia de los Muertos, um, you know, the Day of the Dead. That's, yeah. That's another big one. And, um, you know, I, I actually didn't know a lot about this, or really any of them, um, until I saw that movie Coco, which I know is kind of just like an oh. intro to that kind of culture. Oh, the but oh. it was really eye-opening for me, um, just to see how another culture approaches the concept of death and how it's it's not the end as long as they're remembered in a in a way. Um, which just should ring so true with everyone, no matter what I feel, you know. It it makes so much sense. The movie Coco
0: did it. I well, I should just say that I grew up in the Sonoran desert in Tucson, Arizona, and We had, I've been, so I've been exposed a little bit to um, the de los Muertos and um, in culturally, although um, not as much as I could have been. And it wasn't the biggest holiday. We also celebrated All Souls Day Mm. on, uh, you know, All Saints Day is November 1st. And that was really big in the Catholic tradition of honoring the All Saints Day. And All Souls Day was sometimes celebrated November 2nd. Um, in New Orleans, there's um, fête des which is a uh, similar celebration and honoring of the dead. Um, that's the sort of Creole French slash voodoo tradition. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's something that's very similar. Um, but the the other Muertos is um, another day that I think is after All Saints' Day um, and usually mm-hmm. not during Halloween, but it's in that same season, right? Yes. And that for me was really a lot more focused. Is a Catholic tradition and was very and in Mexico I think is a lot more centered around the church Mm. I think in in Coco in order to make it more of a mainstream movie took a lot of the Catholic traditions out of the movie Mm. Um, and a lot of the sort of um, certainly there's you know the they romanticized it quite a bit and there was some you know license taken with some of the idea that um what's remembered lives and there is i think some of that um inferred that was never very overt to me as a kid Mm -hmm. um but i think it's a really sweet sort of message of the movie yes right um Mm -hmm. and it's a sweet sort of message right um it was sometimes i think an obligation with uh the those martos right um Ah. and certainly there's a lot of really beautiful on uh, traditions with the flowers you know and the yes. the um and and you have to remember this is also a blending of the native traditions and the colonialism of catholicism and of the that rep, the spanish colonialism of uh, mexico and central and south america right yeah. so yeah. some of the native traditions were stomped over and some of these native traditions are really what brought some ancestor worship um, you know, and sort of were missing. And you see that in also the Creole and the Caribbean traditions, also the Ancestor worship, mm. you know, had to be blended with some of the Catholic traditions and was hard to get rid of from the native people. So you see some of that stuff coming through in the Afro-Caribbean, you know, traditions and in the Los Muertos. It depends where and how you see it. But that sort of shows up. Mm. But I think it's really a beautiful, um, beautiful traditions. And you do have a lot of colorful things. And in some cities, it's really, really popular, like in Mexico City, at big parades. And just really colorful art, and it's mm. fantastic. And the food um, is really important. Um, so that's a really fun thing, you know, mm-hmm. to look to look at and to investigate.
1: Yeah, that is something I've noticed. Uh, no matter, again, sort of an overarching theme is like there is a lot of art um, in offerings. There is a lot of color, which is interesting, since it's quote death or dead, you know, uh, main. I think a lot of people would think it's like all dark and, you know, like funeral esque and a more again, sort of our culture kind of a thing. But uh it's
0: yeah, so like lighter than that. Only here in this country is death black.
1: Yeah. Right? Good point. Yeah.
0: In old in in other countries, death is so colorful. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating that we think that what we experience is the only thing.
1: (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) What you think is your reality, right? But you had
0: looked up some other interesting traditions.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, like I said, a long list. Um, But a couple of the other ones that I thought were interesting was uh, in the Philippines. There's a... Panganga luluwa. Panganga luluwa.
0: Panganga luluwa. Okay,
1: yeah, we can do it. There we go. I, I was so excited to say that. And then I knew by the time we got to it, I wouldn't be able to get my mouth around it again. So, oh, well, there we go. Um, so traditionally in the Philippines, this was uh, something where the kids would go knocking door to door, asking in costumes and singing and asking for prayers for those stuck into purgatory. So again, you kind of seen that, uh, Catholicism sort of get in there a little bit to uh, influence the waters of their belief system. In Hong Kong, there's the uh, Hungry Ghost Festival. So sort of similar, what you were saying you do in leaving um, a table setting that's, you know, for your beloved dead that you leave for them without anyone there. Um, So a similar concept here, except for this particular uh, part of their festival takes place in August. So like August, September, still, interestingly enough, part of the harvest season, just a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah. And this is, I mean, what we're, that idea in Hong Kong of the hungry ghost, I think is a random sort of like, just in case there's a hungry ghost that's out there, because you leave food as an offering to your ancestors at your ancestor altar in Chinese tradition and in Japanese I know the Japanese culture more than I know the Chinese culture mm. but in Japanese culture you always have an uh, a family shrine you always have an ancestor shrine in your house mm. and you always leave a bowl of rice for oh. your an- for your ancestors and that's important to do—that you always have your ancestors and their pictures. Much like the in the Mexican culture, you have the ofrenda at Dia de los Muertos, like you see in the movie Coco. Well, mm-hmm. you have that in Japanese culture—you have the shrine to your ancestors, and you take that bowl of rice and you leave it there every and you refresh it very often. Mm-hmm. And so, this is to feed a hungry ghost. In the Japanese culture, is also in that it exists there as well is if there's some random spirit that has not been honored or that is, you know, you leave that so that it doesn't bother you. It's almost like a Mm. poltergeist type of thing is my understanding. Mm, And so this festival is to like serve those that have not been served or not remembered.
1: Mm. Oh, that's kind of nice. I mean, I know it could be seen as like keeping away some like bad presence, but it also could be just honoring someone who doesn't have someone to honor them anymore. And that's feeding the homeless. (laughs) exactly yeah yeah really so then the last one i wanted to try to get in real quick was um from nigeria and this is the odo festival um so this one is uh marks the return of dearly departed friends and family members back from the living or back to the living rather uh this celebration can last up to six months and has feasts music, masks um you know very similar to what other traditions have Um, and in this particular one it's celebrated once every two years which is when they believe the spirits are able to return back to earth so again another interesting timeline um to to build around
0: Yeah, and that that spirits, again, visit us Mm -hmm. and come back and are honored with, again, food and all these things, right? Yep. What an interesting, you know, thing, the Aruru Odo Festival. When we come back from break, I want to talk about, like, some of the things these have in common, how we can honor the dead and then how we can use crafting. I want to ask you about different ideas you have about those things. And especially around crafting, like, are there things that people do to honor their beloved dead and how mm-hmm. crafting sort of plays into, you know, Halloween, Samhain, uh, honoring our ancestors, memorializing people yeah. in crafting. I mean, that's a cool conversation to have. Oh, so yeah stick around we'll be right
1: back hey magical makers guess what you can now get sun and moon yarn kits from uuyarns.com that's e-w-e eweyarns.com. My Sun and Moon shawl features two different weights of yarn. A smaller version can be made in fluffy fingering and a larger version can be made out of woolly worsted. Both of these 100% merino yarns are super wash and the color combinations are amazing. I even worked with Heather at UU Yarns to pre-coordinate several color combos that I think you guys will love. Learn more in our show notes or check out the kit at UUYarns.com. If you've ever been curious about getting a palm reading with my co-host James Divine, there's never been a better time than now. Not only does Jim offer empowering palm readings to help you tap into the hidden messages in your hands, he's also now offering Divine Hand tarot readings for a limited time. Find out more about all of Jim's amazing offerings at thedivinehand.com and on his Instagram page where you'll find him as Divine Hand Jim. And we're back. What do all of these things have in common? You know, like I said... They, it, there seems to be a reoccurring theme of some sort of festival or tradition or ritual around this time. Um, some things I noticed that all of them seem to have in common are honoring and not fearing the dead, first of all. Um, you know, honoring it with more of a celebration instead of the right. mourning. Um, and, and it's yeah. not to say that you can't mourn and celebrate at the same time. You know, you, you laugh when you cry Um, I feel like it's a very similar emotion. So um. I think that's
0: something that I wish we would do more as a cultural norm here. We have this sort of like cultural thing of like, I mourn with my wearing all black with the veil and I cry and weeping. Mm. And we don't really have the wake. We don't really have the idea of dancing or of like celebration of life is like, so like, you know, I don't know. We just have such a weird relationship with death in this country. Mm. Specifically. Our wakes
1: are a snooze.
0: <laughs> yeah. That we can't like have music and mm. dancing and food and like those kind of things of like, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's also because we don't like some places hire women who are whale, like hire the wailing women mm. to like get us all crying, like get us all to actually gnash our teeth and cry yes. and wail. Like, Let's get some emotion really going and like let it all out.
1: Yes. It's the time to do it.
0: People are just like buttoned up and like, (gasps) and like, no, let's all just like blubber and whatever. And then like, yes, it is. Do that over and over, rinse and repeat. Yeah. And be free.
1: Yes. And when you find that it happens again randomly when you didn't expect it, just lean in. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, when you're like done, you're saying, there is no done.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, um, when you're done for that moment, you've burned a bunch of calories and look, there's carbs on the table. Oh, and you can yes. eat them.
1: <laughs> eat that chocolate and serve yourself some bread. Drink that, mm-hmm. yes, sacrificial little uh, wine or whatever. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Say
0: what you will about the Mormons. There's one thing that the Mormons do when there's a funeral, and they make funeral potatoes, which is a casserole. That is, you look up a recipe. Those cass- the casseroles with funeral potatoes are delicious, I <laughs> and didn't it's the know perfect, about this. I want the, one. <laughs> the perfect forbidden carb food of cheese. Corn flakes are on top you wouldn't you can't even believe how good they are yeah I'm oh. a, definitely a cornflakes on the top of the funeral potatoes thing mm, yeah. that is that isn't maybe e- we'll get emails moment. from people if you have a recipe for funeral potatoes yes please and uh, you are cornflakes or a no cornflakes person I would love to know you can email and tell us
1: yes please
0: let's um, have a fight about it and <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because the fights over recipes, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You should probably make us both versions and send it to us so that we can taste test and let you know which one's the best. I mean, if you really want to thoroughly, I guess. yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there's other similarities that we see in these, right? So gifts, we often Mm -hmm. find offerings for the dead. And a lot of times it is my own effort that is put into those offerings, right? Mm -hmm. It isn't me. Going to the store and putting a Twinkie. I mean, you can if it's something special, like sure, Uncle John love loved. Tw- exactly. Uncle John loved Twinkies, right? Mm-hmm. But usually it's
1: something homemade, right? Yes. What else did you notice or similarities? Um, there's a lot of colorful costumes, uh, like a, again, sort of around the same time of year. Um, everyone seems to think this is the time when it's the thinner veil, you know, it's easier to connect and, Mm -hmm. uh, fire, fire is a big theme. So lighting candles for them, doing bonfires, that sort of thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. I think a lot of times this is the light in the sky is waning, like the days are getting thinner. And this is a time when we are trying to light our way. Symbolically, the sun is dying, or the year is is dying. Mm. We are lighting our way through the winter, and so we are also lighting the way for the dead to find their way to the afterlife, right? Mm. And so these seem to go together, and I think that that is whenever there is a funeral or whenever we do an end-of-life ceremony for someone, we often incorporate candles to light their way,
1: mm. right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Even if you don't realize that's why you're doing it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So so, how would a magical person honor the dead with their skills? Let's say it's a person who doesn't maybe follow any specific tradition, but they still want to use their skills to do something. What kind of activities or rituals do you think they can get into?
0: Definitely, like I just said, lighting a candle. So mm. anytime someone talks about, you know, oh my my dog just died. We'll light a candle. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll describe the name of their dog on the candle. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or someone died. If someone has passed or is passing invariably, I will light a candle to help them guide their way through their illness, through their process of dying or through their, if they've died through the afterlife to find their way. Mm -hmm. That's huge and hugely meaningful to have that. I've often come to tears just, doing that right very simple candle right Mm -hmm. um and divination right this is a great time to as i had said before at the very beginning of this episode right this Mm. is the time to sit in divination and be able to connect with spirit right because there's this idea that it's very quiet right um what were some of the ideas you had i think you had some ideas about this
1: Um, so again, I mean, I guess it kind of is a making process, but I thought it would be nice to do like, you know, you make like a tea blend, um, and maybe that's helping you get through your grieving process, but also maybe it's a gift for the person that you're honoring that maybe they had a certain tea that they really liked. Um, Mm, I
0: love that idea.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. I also, you know,
0: with that, you could also put some calming herbs or things that are, you know, special or, or therapeutic if you wanted, right? Absolutely. Some feverfew or something in there, mm-hmm. some chamomile.
1: Yep, yeah. lavender. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I was just reading about, oh, I'm going to say this wrong, Mullen, Mulin. Oh, Mullen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one to use too. Um, and I also think, you know, I mean, it's kind of similar, but taking this time to sort of build or revamp your, I called a mind palace, you kind of called it your temple. Um, your inner temple.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Whatever that, you know, imaginatory space is that you use in order to connect, whether it's with just your own personal self or Mm -hmm. things beyond. Um, I think it's a really great time to do that because then it, it lets you connect to, you know, your, your dead and ancestry and who knows what else that might be out there for you.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things to also consider is this, um, In my studies, in my formal studies of death and dying, um, we know that psychologically um, people do better when they recognize that our relationship with the dead doesn't end. When, When someone dies, our relationship doesn't end. It just transforms. And if we can allow ourselves to see the dead as entering a space of wholeness, healness, being whole, healed, and complete, mm-hmm. and even in a state of enlightenment. So if my relationship with my mom was maybe not ideal, right? Mm-hmm. But as she has died and now in her space of, I mean, my mom is not dead. So mom, if you're listening, I'm just <laughs>
1: Sorry.
0: Saying, <laughs> sorry, mom. But if if you have a parent or someone who is, you know, in life wasn't the most amazing relationship. In death, that person is whole and healed and complete mm. and enlightened. So you can take the 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 enlightened part of them, or look at their difficulties, and you and you can see that they are really right in this mm. amazing place. They then are trying, and and their whole thing of their relationship with you is to help you heal, yes. right? A from their difficulties and in spite of their difficulties and help you move along that path so you can start to do ancestor work with them and you can do that by continuing the conversation with them yes. having a photo and leaving a little candle or a little glass of water remember how water is a really common thing that we see all the time right um you can leave out a small cookie or if it is you know, their favorite thing is a Twinkie, then leave one out, right?
1: Yes, exactly. You don't
0: want to let it get stale or moldy. You want to leave a fresh one every so often. Um, If they loved whiskey, if they loved, you know, if they were a smoker, you can leave out, uh, you know, something for them, right? You can let their best selves be present in your life, knowing that they're here to help you progress and heal Mm. from this place of enlightenment. They're now the mom, the grandmother, the uncle, the dad, the, whoever they, the, the sibling, the spouse, Mm. they're the, their best version of themselves and they're present to help you heal.
1: Yes. And I've often found that in those types of situations, once they have crossed, they, you know, they're aware of what happened and what they did, you know, or what, what happened. Um, And there's a lot of like, I think that's why they come back to help quite often the ones that weren't always so helpful in life because they are trying to make up for it because, you know, I mean, life happens. We, we often don't exactly go the way we planned. And so, you know, it's, it's a live and learn moment, whether you're still here or not. So. um, Yeah. A
0: lot of times they come back with apology. mm -hmm. A lot of times they come back with um, remorse and with, admission and they say the things we were actually needing them to say Mm. in life and it's up to us to really hear that yeah i've noticed yep and in my work as a medium you know i've noticed that so far
1: yeah and i i think that's why um honoring dead through like making also is a really great let's
0: talk about that so how can a maker and a crafter honor the dead right Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, if if one of the best ways to do it is just thinking of them, then doing it around a project that you're making in their honor is a great way to do that. You know, it's, it's the meditative space that allows you to use your gifts um, to honor them. So like, for instance, maybe you would draw a picture for them if they loved a certain flower and you're very artistic in that way, you could use your skill that way to honor them. Or maybe you're a really great writer, you could write a little poem, or maybe you knit, crochet, weave, whatever, an altar cloth, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a big thing. You know, maybe you're the one cooking their favorite special meal that they always would cook for you or something like that. Um, there's There's a lot of ways once you sort of just unlock it a little but you don't have to like be quote a creative person or a maker necessarily to do it you just have to have something you enjoy doing that then you can offer to them and i think that's the most important part
0: yeah And I think even if you're not a maker, wearing something of theirs, Mm. uh, a jewelry, a brooch, like that's a very common way that we honor our beloved dad Mm, is, you know, this was my mom's ring, my mom's brooch. This was my dad's hat, my dad's shirt, Mm. you know, these kind of things. But I think also I've seen people take like... These are, you know, the t-shirts my dad wore and we made it into a quilt or I think of like the AIDS Memorial quilt, you know, this is a really special way that we've honored people who've died of AIDS. And Mm. through that process early on in the eighties, when people didn't understand, there was still a lot of homophobia. There was still a lot of like intolerance and misunderstanding. And there were families that through the process of creating that quilt, got to re- got to understand and relieve themselves of homophobia mm. and understand their kid or their or their beloved relative that died of aids and that was a that was a healing process and sure. they were able to let go of their homophobia and start to realize you know the loss and grief through that process so there's mm. tons of stories of actually the making being a pathway to healing yes, and to embrace the relationship, right? Mm, yeah. So that's something to consider is that that itself can be a ritual
1: mm-hmm, of like, absolutely.
0: I'm, you know, in re, I'm reclaiming this relationship now that this person is gone and owning my part in, oh, I might have a part to play in, you know, how I can own in, in this healing, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah. Taking that time yeah. to think about it and be in it, you know, and not avoiding it. Yeah. That's, that's how growth happens.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty deep episode, pretty yeah, deep topics we have here.
1: I know. I know. And I thought. October's
0: uh, the time. For exactly.
1: This <laughs> that's right. It's uh, the beginning of our ends, <laughs> which are yeah. only avenues to new beginnings. I we found out last week. Ah! I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, so Well, I'm excited to know what might come up. When we draw,
1: yes, down the it's magic weekly card curl card this week, since we were talking about um this topic, maybe it should be that the question we ask for the upcoming week ahead is, how can we best honor our beloved dead in the week ahead? So <gasps> and
0: I- the question even rhymes do my best (laughs) Um, i love that sound there's little asmr happening
1: oh yeah my mom is the queen of doing that like foldy flippy oh the uh, ruffle yes the ruffle shuffle the ruffle shuffle
0: um and i or the riffle or whatever it is
1: yeah that thing the bridge thing that you do and sometimes it flies everywhere that's what i like to do
0: Uh, totally you need to do you need to do asmr shuffling it's amazing
1: This is your tarot card reading for the week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ready? I'm ready. Oh, interesting. So the card of the week is, it's it's funny enough, a little bobbin, but this bobbin has like bric-a-brac ribbon around it. And it's gold. And it's got a little sewing guy on the top of it to let you know that this is probably going to get sewn on a garment as a trim so so this is a trim it's a notion it's a ribbon. it's wiggling back and forth, kind of making me see you know nothing straightforward <laughs> when it comes to this kind of topic. Um, so for me, how can we best honor our beloved dead in the week ahead with this as our message? I think how can we how have we overlooked some of our, our trims, our finishings? How can we put little touches onto things to make them more special? What were the little bits that you remember from this person that really rem- like bring memories home and stories to your mind? I think concentrating on those types of things this week is going to be a really good idea, the little small details. What do you think, Jim?
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think um, to add to that, I see this as one of those cardboard spools with that bric-a-brac you know, on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's also potentiality available, right? Like mm. you could make anything out of this. There you like, go. This is sitting there on the shelf and you grab it off the shelf and you think, what could I make with this? what could, mm. What could this be? And so like anything that's sitting there, that you could you could use this for anything and so with what katie said i think there's also this idea of potentiality and like in any ending in anything that we do with death there's also this potential of like what could we do with life and look at the little Mm -hmm. skull at the top and the little moon at the bottom right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah with the star over it and Mm -hmm. everything yeah yeah, there's a lot of growth for potential here. There's even flowers all around it, which I'm just seeing now. So yeah, new, new beginnings, even in your ending. So if you've been thinking maybe, oh, I've always thought about starting an altar. I've always thought about starting this. Or, oh, I I love the idea of making a mind palace. You know, maybe the now is the time to grab that thing off the shelf that you've been putting off and do it. So there you go. Our words of wisdom this week.
0: I okay. am so excited to be doing this podcast with you, Katie. And I am especially excited about our kit, our, you know, beginning knit kit. Oh
1: yeah. First mitts kit. Yes. Still available at Makers Mercantile. If anybody is looking for an amazing way to uh, get ahead in your beginning knitting.
0: Every time I see that post on Instagram, that, that whole kit is just so cool. And I'm just like,
1: wow, that is really, and then I'm like, oh wait, that's ours. (laughs) I know. Right. Yes. Especially when it comes to like all the bags and stuff. I feel like such an amazing maker. I have my own, we have our own project bag, Jim.
0: (laughs) It's very, very cool. I just really appreciate you. And at Light from Lantern, follow at Light from Lantern, go to lightfromlantern.com, subscribe to Katie's newsletter. Like you've heard it a few times if you've been listening, but really do it because your newsletter is so great.
1: Well, ditto. Absolutely, you should uh, sign up for Jim's as well, which you can find at thedivinehand.com. And also he is on Instagram, Divine Hand Jim. He does his weekly Meet a Mystic show every Tuesday, which I highly recommend if you are there. If you uh, miss it, you can always get the replay on his Instagram too. So uh, you have no excuse. Thanks for listening. Yes. Oh, yeah. And if you guys have any ways that you like to honor your dead or ancestors or anything with your magic or making, again, you can always email us at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a DM at knitaspell on Instagram. Hooray. Yay. All right. Until next week, Jim. Thanks for everything. Bye, all. This episode is a wrap. If you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. And don't forget... You can see full video episodes of Knit a Spell on Light From Lantern's YouTube channel.